stop right there. The next part of that scripture says, if you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you. I will be found by you. And sometimes we get, we get stuck in these places and we forget to trust him and to hear him. Sometimes it's strong. I lay back against you. I mean, close enough that you feel a part of me. From the top and the hands, and come on, we live in a busy world, don't we? We live in a world that's got a whole lot of, uh, of our own agenda and our own stuff and a lot of demands. Sometimes we miss that. We miss those opportunities to press in the hand and lean back against him. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever have a dry season in your life when you're serving the Lord? Maybe you get you get sick, get off, just a little bit. Am I speaking to the right people? Anybody ever have a dry season in your walk with the Lord? I think we can trace those times backwards the times we're not pressing in because I don't think God's word would lie to us, would it? He says, if you will seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you. I will be found by you. And sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves. Are we seeking? Are we pressing in? Are we making that sacrifice to be with the Lord? And we got to be honest with ourselves. Are we close enough to hear his heartbeat? Are we close enough to take from the other I, I don't know. I'm just going out of the way here. But I think that that's going to mess all of our problems. I think whatever we're struggling with, wherever we find ourselves, whatever questions we got, Whatever doubts we got, I think it all comes back to him. I think it's that simple. I think it's that simple. I think he knows the answer. I think he is the answer. Amen. And I think he just said that at home. Come on, come to me. Come to me. I'm so glad that we serve a perfect and awesome God. It says, come to me. Come to me. Right here. Put your head on my chest. Because I know for one thing, I'm not perfect. And I most of you, you're not perfect either. Right? I'm glad you serve a perfect God. But I'm telling you in our heart, though, we serve a perfect God. It's to not lead us to want to sin. Let me just put that out there. It's to not lead to the place of wanting to live a lifestyle of sin. But do you sin? Joy, do you ever sin? You do, yes. We do make those mistakes. Sometimes we just get off base a little bit and 
Thomas on the post when he was telling me. And just the other day, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to be totally honest with you, but I'm going to be mostly honest with you. I was driving down the road. And you know the back road from where we live in the Brown County, the Kirby Road over the hill and through the woods and got all south of you. And uh, I'm coming around this corner and I press the corner. It was blind coming out. I press the corner. There's a truck and a trailer on my side of the road. Coming straight towards me, moving. And I had to lock up the brakes and go into the ditch. And I want to tell you, I wish. I wish in Jesus' name I would have said, Oh God, thank you for not letting me have a wreck. Thank you for not letting me hit the tree. But I got to be honest with you, I'm not proud of this, man. Jesus was not the first word that popped up in my mind. I'm being honest, I, you know, I don't know why God called me to be a preacher. I really don't. I found myself broken so many times, messed up, made me sick. But I, I wish I could say I just went off. Many, many, so many, I thought it was going to kill me. And the guy didn't even stop. I mean, God, I ran down through the woods. And I was just, I was so mad in that moment, man. I just got my flesh and I was trying to car around and I chased that girl through the woods. I'm going to take a trip on church, and I'm going to start taking you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, I didn't get nobody there. <laughs> no, but I'm going to come back to that. I was not saying that it's not good to follow that guy. And I got out of there, man, what are you doing? So what are you doing? I mean, you stop and check on anybody. Now, what if I had kids in the car? And I'm like, I'm not proud of that. I'm just telling you that sometimes the enemy gets a hold of your heart. And it's so easy to get off base just for a second. And I'm just telling you sometimes, so you got to be on your toes. <laughs> you got to be on your toes because the enemy is lurking around. And he is trying to, to disrupt us. He's trying to. And this is what I'm saying. I'm saying, man, sometimes we get it wrong, but you always get it right. And so when you come back to that place, and so I apologize. I repent of being an idiot that day. Okay. And I'm sorry. I should have just kept on going. I should have said, Jesus, thank you. And I should have moved on and hope that I'll learn from that. Uh, but we've got to press into him. You know, I don't know what was going on with you that day. Maybe I was. Maybe I wasn't, I honestly wasn't where I stood have been in my thinking. But the enemy is wanting to destroy us. He's wanting to destroy us. And we've got to stay on our toes. Because he will attack you. He will try to destroy you. He will, he will come at you from every direction. Right? Right? And we are, I am a weak vessel. Most days I'm broken in many, many places, and I need this. I need this thing. Most days I cry out to Him and say, "God, help me, help me, help me, help me with my thinking, help me with with my decisions, help me." Amen. And so I just want you to be on guard. There are so many things going on, and 
I want you to turn back to John where we were at last week. And John, we've got to stop right there. We talked about the woman at the well. Here's where we're at right here. Sometimes we end up doing our own will. Just like in that moment, man, they said, Do it on God. I knew I should have done. You know, I turned around, I was in the flesh, and I was upset. And, but when we position ourselves in the right way to hear the Lord, to press into Him, to get our strength from Him, our direction from Him, when we are attached to Him, close enough to, to hear His heart and close enough to drink. Jesus was talking to the lady at the well. We, were, we talked about all this last time. About the, the disciples came up and they saw him talking to the woman. And they were kind of astounded that Jesus, their teacher and their rabbi, was talking to a Samaritan woman alone at the well. And they didn't realize that Jesus was about his father's business. They didn't realize that, God, that Jesus was doing what God had told him to do. And what they didn't realize is that God had a story to save the entire city. That they would come to believe in the Messiah. Listen, what is the most important thing, the most important job, the most important thing that we are called to do? To preach the gospel, for the gospel to go out. It's only by faith when people have faith that they believe in you, in the work of Jesus Christ. That changes is that faith that causes their spirit to be reborn. And it causes them to walk through the doorway of Jesus Christ. It's the most important thing for us to be happy. It's the most important thing for us to have all of a faith on our wristlets. Is that the most important thing to be blessed by God? Not for a second. Not for a second. Jesus is at this well talking to this lady. And the disciples come back because where, where were the disciples at? Jesus is ministering to this lady trying to get set things up so the whole city can be saved. Where's the disciples at? They were worried about their bellies. They were worried about eating. Isn't that funny how, how we are so focused on the carnal things? We're so focused on the things of the flesh. And most of the time, those are the things we're running after, aren't they? Myself included. I'm not, look, I'm with you. I'm not against it, alright? I'm with you. But we run after, we set up our lives to, for, so it's comfortable, so that everything that we need is met and taken care of. And our highest priority most of the time is our kingdom. So, our will be done. Is that true? So Jesus is telling this lady, Tell her, look, I'm, I'm the Messiah. What do you mean? It's right here before you. And the, the disciples come back and they're just like, man, where's the food? We got some food. And, and so they said, they said, Jesus, you got to eat something. 
you got to eat something. And Jesus replied to this one day, he says, I have a kind of food that you know nothing about. I have a kind of food that you know nothing about. Jesus is telling them, look, there's something more important than your belly, boys. There's something more important than the next thing that he does. There's something more important than the, you know, the, the new iPhone. I'm, I know, really, that, that hurts. The new iPhone is not the most important. <laughs> it's not the most important thing. It's like, look, as a church, we got to begin to reconfigure some things. Because it's so easy for all of us to be in the flesh, isn't it? How many of you said something you wish you didn't say? I bet none of you, I bet none of you, turn around and follow somebody about Randy off the road. So see, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't as bad as me. I know some of you going, man, I can believe that. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I really, I just wrapped up. You know how I guess I can do something like I don't care if you know. Jesus knows, and I, I just want to be real with you. And, uh, I figure we can work through it. But here's what Jesus says: I have a kind of food that you know nothing about. That kind of food that you know nothing about. So we're coming to a time, we're in a season, we're in a we're in a place, and we have the food that Jesus is telling them that they know nothing about. We got to know. We will not, we won't deny our physical body of food, right? But Jesus is saying right here, I have some food that you don't know anything about. And this food right here was far more important. He said, I have a kind of food to eat. And the disciples, they're just, they're so foolish. You know they remind me of? Right here. If you're, if you're in John chapter 4, that's where I'm at. Verse 34. 
verse 34. I want you to underline that in your Bible. Jesus explained, he says, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God. My nourishment, what strengthens me, what gives me strength and purpose, comes from doing the will of God. Amen? Nourishment and strength come from doing the will of God. What is what's the opposite of that? And we're doing the opposite of the will of God. What does it mean? Starves you. It is it fats you. It takes away from you. It's like putting junk food in your body all the time. Is that good for you? No. It's better to be gluten free, right? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. My nourishment comes from doing the will of God. How many of you in your life, man, you were on fire for the Lord, and you and the will of God was at the forefront of your brain? You were ready to do the will of God. You were going after the will of God. You wanted everything that that God had. You were after it. You tried to Toronto just to do this. See that having it come with the presence of God, or, or you was going all over the place, or you fast for like uh, two weeks if you thought it would do it. How many of you have been there? You know, you were going after the things of God, and somewhere along the way, you started stuffing your face with some bitten bones and some toasted cupcakes and some chocolate chip cookies, and next thing you know, your fatty fat is sitting on the food. I'm not talking about anybody here, okay? It's hypothetical. It's imagery, okay? You get it? You get the picture? Well, listen, you get the picture. I see it. My nourishment comes from doing the will of God to send me. And, listen, here's one thing. We started out in that place. All of us, this whole place. I guarantee you, when you first accepted Jesus Christ, there was a fire in you. Amen? You didn't just go, all right, now I accept Jesus Christ. That's not how it was. There was a type of little purpose. And then all of a sudden, when you accept Christ, maybe some major things begin to change in your life, like your decisions, what you chose to do, where you chose to go, what you chose to put in your body. You know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, your whole lifestyle begins to change. And somewhere in the whole grand scheme of things, we get we get a a a, a, a religious spirit. We think we're so good, and we forget that look, our nourishment we get fat off the wrong things. We feed our body the wrong things spiritually, and all of a sudden, man, we're just Going through the motions over here, wanting to seek peace here. And instead, it says that my nursing says, I got some food that you don't know nothing about. And Jesus says, My nurse, I come from doing the will of God himself. And I'm, I'm saying, we got to have a shift. I got to have a shift. We got to have a shift. That our nourishment comes from doing the will of God. Now that means I need to Not every single, not any, not every one of you is called to stand up and preach. 
Just because you come through the door, that makes you what? I'll tell you what it makes you. makes you here. That's about it. Jesus says, well, my nerves are supposed to be a little bit. Here's what I feel like God wants us to do. Wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, embrace the calling that's on your life and complete do the will of God. And here's what Jesus what he said. He said, my nerves are supposed to be the will of God. He said, and from Anything. Anything is worth. If any time you cry out, don't go, ready, go, woohoo. And then we forget that we need to change. That's the truth. That's what I'm saying. No matter how old you are, we have to change. We have to change. Part of our responsibility as an older generation is to equip the new Oh, 
you know, if you've ever worked out or you were sleeping or you're conditioned or you were running or whatever it was, if you stop doing that, what happens? What happens? You go down real fast. And you're way down. Yeah. So all of a sudden you lose your muscle mass, all of a sudden you gain some pounds and some places that you didn't want to gain pounds and all of if you don't stay committed to being the will of God, guess what's going to happen? You're going to lose the muscle tone. You're going to lose the focus. You're going to lose. You're going to start putting on some pounds. And the pounds slow you down from doing what God told you to do. Amen? So my nourishment comes from doing the will of God. Because there is a harvest. There is a harvest. It says the harvest is of good wages and the fruit they harvest. This is over in verse 34. It says, The fruit that harvest is people brought to eternal life. How many of you want to harvest some people for eternal life? You want people to come and accept Christ so that their eternal destinies are changed. Amen? Amen. What's the most important thing you've ever received? Exactly. So isn't that the greatest gift that you can give to somebody else? Amen. And so wherever you're at, I'm going to end with this right here. Jason, if you want to come. I'm going to end with this direction right here. And I had this conversation with my wife. I had this conversation with John Simmons and Berlin. Why is it that sometimes the people who claim to be Christians are the people that you don't really want to be around? If I'm speaking untruth, I'll take a review. I'll say, no, there's some people who claim to be Christians. I'm just going to be honest, I don't want to be honest. It's, they're not, it's not a pleasurable experience. You know what I'm saying? Some of you are rude and critical. And sometimes, I, for me, and maybe this speaks more about me than what I'm even trying to make, but sometimes I like just being around simple people. Love Jesus, you know. You enjoy being around people. I think that says something. Like what, what does it say to a unbelieving world that says, "Man, I'm a Christian. I love God. I'm great. And you stink." What, what does it say to a Christian, to a not an unbelieving world who a Christian is the person that they don't enjoy being around because they're always judgmental, critical, rude. I'm better. But how does that help the kingdom? No, it was like Jesus said with the woman at the well. He could have been like, oh, well, that's a Samaritan woman. I'm not going to talk to her. She's by herself. And I'm not. No, what was more important? More important was doing the will of God. More important was doing the will of God. Wasn't to be proper. For a second, you think Jesus cares what the disciples thought. When they came back and he was talking to her. No. Because he was more concerned with doing the will of God, and God showed him this woman right here prophesied to her, speak the truth into her life, and watch the city gates fall. Watch those who are in prison come back. Watch the earth shake. That's exactly what happened. And that's what God's calling us to do. You gotta take advantage wherever you're at. God's gonna put a prophetic word in your mouth. You do not 
hold it in. Because the prophetic word, listen, is not from you. Wherever you find yourself, if God puts those words in your mouth, you don't understand what it can unlock in somebody's life. And instead of sitting on it like this, it's time to activate. It's time to be active in our faith. But allow God's love so watch over you if you're someone that an unbeliever would find confidence in in hearing the gospel from you. We can't be something. We can't find ourselves in a place where our salvation is good. Well, we're just thankful we're saved. How many of you know that's a dangerous place to be in? I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven, though. That's what you're saying. You know, and when, I, when, when we get to places like that, we, we become a fat and lazy church. I don't want us to be there. I don't want to be there. I want God to continue to change me. A deep level and trust me, he's got a lot of work to do. But God's not going to give up on us. So I'm praying right now that God will change the way we see. And when we begin to walk in a place that says, Bread on me is the will of God. How many of you believe that if we begin to take that stance, that our nerves are from doing the will of God, how many of you believe that everything else that we're all worried about is going to be sort of falling into place? It's going to take you, it's going to take this position. It's going to work itself out. It's going to be in the proper place. But when our eyes are talking about my nourishment, what fuels me, what satisfies me, is doing God's will. Wherever you're at, if you're driving a truck, if you're sitting behind a desk, if you're typing on a computer, or you're delivering mail. That's the center. That's the beauty of it. And that's why God has strategically placed you all over the place. So that we can reach more and more and more. Amen. God's plan is beautiful. He calls all to be the same, act the same, do the same. Make 
And we don't want an earthquake to see right here. It's tricky, okay? It's tricky. But it's real. I mean, God's real and God's supernatural. God's all powerful. And so we seem to eat His will to nourish us. We will be satisfied with our own will coming out. Amen. And we must end our things. We're getting very close. 